Well, guys, if you have your Bibles, we are in Luke chapter 2 tonight. Luke chapter 2. And there's a couple of results that have just been resonating in my heart when it comes to the birth of Jesus. We're looking at one tonight, which is worship, and then we're looking at one on Sunday, which is joy, the results of the birth of Jesus. So tonight, the result of the birth of Jesus was worship. There was an expectancy. There was an eagerness. There was an excitement that revolved around the birth of Christ. Like Mary and Joseph, remember, they had been prepared for the birth of Jesus. They had been led by God, protected, and assured that this birth was not ordinary. It was extraordinary. So Mary's cousin Elizabeth, remember, she met Mary as she was pregnant with Jesus, and Elizabeth's baby, John the Baptist, leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was instantly filled, it says, with the Holy Spirit. And so the first to respond to Jesus was, you know, was a baby in the womb. It's pretty amazing. And I think, I, I don't know, I personally think John was worshiping in there, man. He was a, John the Baptist was a godly dude. But even before Jesus was born, there was this excitement, there was this joy, there was this expectancy. And, and even though Mary and Joseph were poor, right, they only could give turtle doves, they didn't have a lot of money, they were materially poor, they had nothing to boast of uh, physically or materially. They were chosen to have and care for Jesus yet. Because why? Because they were dedicated to the Lord. They loved the Lord. Their hearts were bent towards God. So the wise men, remember, they traveled far to come see the king that was born. A couple years later, Simeon, uh, Simeon, right after Jesus' birth, remember, he wanted to see Jesus before he died, and he gave some prophetic words to Mary and Joseph. Anna was an 84-year-old widow, and when she saw baby Jesus, right, she gave thanks to God and told everyone the Messiah had come. What we see is that the birth of Jesus affected many hearts. And the result was praise and worship and adoration. And it's kind of like, that's a good question. Is that our response when we look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith? I mean, are we affected by the life of Jesus? What, what I want to hone in on tonight, though, is a powerful moment where angels we're singing, and shepherds were shocked. I love this portion of Scripture, for immediately after Jesus was born, angels who are messengers, right? It means, angel means messengers. Uh, they visited the shepherds to announce the birth, right? And I love that the Lord saw fit to let the lowly shepherds, out of everyone, the lowly shepherds know that the prophecy had been fulfilled. Jesus was born, and the result was, number one, sharing this truth, number two, praising him, and number three, telling others. So again, let's pray, and then we'll get into it tonight. Well, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We just thank you for the uh, honor and the privilege to get into your word together as a body of believers. We just pray that you would speak to our hearts, Lord, that our hearts would be open to what you have to say, even as your word is open tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I love announcements when, uh, when it involves good news, don't you? I love that. Give me some more announcements. If it's good news, great. Like a pregnancy, a new job, a raise, a child graduated, you know, a moment maybe where God moved greatly. But it's not as easy to hear announcements that are bad news, right? Like a cancer diagnosis, the loss of a job, a crippling trial. 
And so there are all kinds of information outlets in today's day, so many. And to some extent, we have a choice of what we are, are going to watch and listen to. And there are other moments where we don't have a choice of what we see or hear. Things beyond our control, God-ordained events, prophecies fulfilled. And this is one of those times. So we're going to read the whole passage in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 20, and then we're going to go back and revisit these verses. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God to all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. So starting here in verse 8, you guys, the shepherds were most likely staying in huts or tents in this field. Um, I'll never forget, and I probably mention it every couple months, but I'll never forget going to Israel because I, uh, I wasn't supposed to teach or anything. There was a couple of senior pastors there. I was like, oh, I just get to go and just enjoy, you know. But then one of them's like, hey, you want to teach on the shepherds at the shepherd's field? And uh, I was like, seriously? <laughs> I said, yes, you know. And so we were at the shepherd's field, and, uh, you know, there's maybe like 50 or 60 of us, a couple church groups, right, in front of me, and they were overlooking the shepherd's field behind me. We were on this, like, mountain-like thing, and, and so you hear the, the baas of the sheep and all that, and there's shepherds actually there with their staffs and everything. And so I'm teaching about the Lamb of God, you know, and, and we are his sheep and stuff, hearing this, and, and it was just, like, ever have one of those moments where it's just like, I don't even know, this is all surreal, but from the... From the very moment it begins to the very moment it ends, it was all surreal. I was like, this is, this is amazing, man. But, but here's the thing. From Passover in April until autumn, the flocks constantly pastured in the field. Right? The angels were about to announce Jesus' birth to the shepherds. But, but why the shepherds? Out of all the people, why not the super hyper-religious leaders? The people that looked very spiritual, that prayed on the street corners. Why not them? Well, the shepherds were probably those awaiting for the consolation of Israel. The shepherds spent most of their time and most of their days in simplicity, out in creation, with their rustic occupation in the stillness of the overnight hours. And so being a shepherd meant you cared for the sheep, protected them, and made sure they would not get skittish, because sheep were very Skittish. Some people are like that. You know, you're like, hey, how's it going? Oh, they, they get scared for everything, right? So that's how sheep are. And, 
And sheep are not that smart. We know that. They literally will walk off cliffs. If, if a shepherd's not there to stop them, they'll walk off cliffs to their death. They will walk into bodies of water and drown themselves. There's actually little bugs, little flies that get in their nostrils, and they lay eggs, and the, the larva, the bacteria, gets into their brain, and they have brain aneurysms and die. And, so there's, and predators are always out to get sheep. They're an easy target. And so what do the shepherds do? Well, the shepherd would protect the sheep from predators. The sheep, uh, you know, and all these other dangers, so many dangers. Jesus is our good shepherd. And so it's fitting that he'd be revealed to shepherds first. And so verse 9, it says, The glory of the Lord, meaning the brightness which is represented as encompassing all heavenly visions. (laughs) The shepherds were instantly afraid, though, and worried. Like you'd think they'd be like, wow, praise God, you know, but they were like, what is going on? You know, this, these divine interruptions are not really interruptions, right? These divine interruptions are divine leadings. God saying, I want to I reveal something to you. And at first we might be like, what's going on? But like, oh no, this is the Lord. The shepherds were freaked out. They were worried. They lived a quiet, simple life. All of a sudden, here's an angel and the light of God's glory and this divine message. Wow, angels were the first preachers of the gospel. So yeah, the shepherds would have been a bit shocked because the invisible world was now temporarily visible to these shepherds. But the whole point was to instantly grab their attention, grab the attention of the shepherds so as to tell them of Jesus. Verse 10, we see the angel's intention was not meant to cause worry. It was meant to evoke worship. Right? And, and that's a good reminder for us, you guys. Like, slow to worry, quick to worship. Instead of quick to worry, slow to worship. So the angel told the shepherds, don't be afraid, and here's why. And I love this. It says, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy to all people. Good tidings. It literally means that the angels preached the gospel to the shepherds who were seen as social outcasts by society. Right? Shepherds had a reputation of not being reliable. They couldn't even uh, give testimony in court. This, you know, but this wasn't true. It was partiality. It was prejudice. It was a stereotype. But here's the good news. Verse 11. Jesus' birth was announced in a not-so-subtle way. Like a Savior was and is the need of all mankind. You know, not, not an advisor or a life coach or someone that says they can help, but a savior. So where were the shepherds to go? What should they look for? Well, in verse 12, it says a baby in a manger. And guys, here's the thing. We should not expect people will figure out where Jesus is. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we need to tell them. And we must be clear when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to the gospel, instead of like, well, hopefully someone else will tell them. Well, hopefully they'll just figure it out, you know? I I told them about church, so no. They need to come to Jesus. We need to be clear about the gospel. So the angel told the shepherds where to find Jesus. And then something powerful happened, worship. Let's just read verse 13 and 14 again. It says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So after the gospel was given and the location of Jesus was given, the one angel turned into a host, a chorus of angels. They showed up, and suddenly, meaning quickly, in a hurry, a multitude praised the Lord. 
What a power, power-filled moment. Such a power-filled moment. The result of the good news and the way to Jesus was praise. The shepherds went from worry to worship. The change happened because of Jesus. Relay, you know, relay the truth. Praise God for the truth. And here's the words to the worship song. Glory to God in the highest. What an appropriate first verse of a worship song right after Jesus was, was born, was announced. You know? Glory to God. Right? We should tag that on everything that we're going through. Glory to God. This is happening, but glory to God. I'm going through this, but glory to God. He's doing what he wants to do. He's in control. God is to be praised because of the birth of Jesus, a Savior sent to save the lost. And it says, on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So the birth of Jesus was uh, peace emerging from heaven, if you will, to the lower world, the earth. And so we have permanent peace with God because of Jesus. And you can reference John 14, 27. The, the world doesn't give us peace. Jesus gives us peace. That's what it says there. He, Jesus is a mediator between God and man. So yes, his birth was a big deal that led to deliverance for all who believe except and walk with him. The goodwill of God towards men is glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. They're connected. So what worship, what praise, what a sight for the shepherds to witness. I remember one of the first times, like when I was a brand new believer, a 2003 or four, something like that, I was a brand new believer, and I saw this guy, this big church, just like raising his hands, you know, and, and I'd never seen it before, and I just I just kind of like looked at it because I'm like, what is it, you know, I still figured out what this Christian thing is about, you know, but I was looking and I was like, man, like, he's serious. <laughs> I was like, this guy is really dedicated. Like, just, I don't, I don't even know if he was, I don't know where it was in his heart, but outwardly he was just praising God like unashamed, just, you know, uninhibited. And I was just so in awe. I still remember it after all these years, like looking at him going, I want a faith like that where you can just be like, Lord, I give it all to you. I surrender all to you. I mean, it was, it was powerful for me personally. And I just, I just imagine the shepherds taking all this in and truly being affected by this news and by this moment, and by this experience. Truly seeing Jesus has an effect on people. You can't see Jesus and stay the same. Either you're going to get angry and go against even more, or you're going to say, you know what, you're right. This is the truth. I'm following Praising God is powerful, and it's an outflow of recognizing the divine work of the Lord. Right? There are moments where it's like your cup runs over. Psalm 24, where you're just like, Lord, you're good. And there's other moments where it's difficult, and you're like, Lord, you're good. And it's more difficult, but you still praise Him, you know? There are so many scriptures that demonstrate that the outflow of looking to the Lord is praise and worship. And so this announcement led to an outflow of praise. And just think about those moments in your life where you, you knew God was working and all you could do was just respond in adoration. Lord, this is you. This is all you. But I would just say, don't live in the past when it comes to that. God is, God is moving still. He's working right now. We can and should praise him because he's presently working. He is. So the shepherds, after hearing the gospel and seeing the angels worship, had a sense of urgency to go see Jesus, a sense of urgency. We should have a sense of urgency to go see Jesus and bring others to see him as well. Not be selfish with the truth, but spread the truth. Take it in and then give it out. 
So the shepherds wanted confirmation, right, of what was told them. But they believed what, what they said, but let's double check. Let's just make sure. Let's go see. Let's go see the baby. Let's, what you made known to us, let's check it out. And verse 16, haste means quickly. It means in anticipation. Lo and behold, the angels weren't lying. <laughs> you know, The shepherds saw Mary and Joseph and the baby in a manger, and there's confirmation. And that's the thing. Our Creator is faithful to give us confirmation, which solidifies our faith. We'll believe it, but we'll be like, but I'm uh, not 100%. And all of a sudden, God gives you a verse, and you're like, now I am. <laughs> or you hear a sermon, or someone says something to you, and you're like, that was you, Lord, through that person. You know, He's so faithful to give confirmation when we're wondering or when we're worrying. He's so faithful to give confirmations. And this is what he did for these guys. So verse 17, so truth, worship, and now there's witnessing. And I love this. It says they'd seen him. Then they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. The shepherds saw Jesus and desired to share. They're not like, we're bound to share. This is a burden that we have to take. But they were blessed to share. They were like, let's go. We want to tell people about Jesus. And so what happened to believers since then? I think about that. Like, why are we so quiet? Many reasons. There, there's a whole litany of reasons, right? Fear, unbelief, doubt, distractions, maybe half-hearted faith, complacency, timidity. But if, it's like if we lost our first love, like Revelation talks about, it's time to find it again. It's time to find Jesus, to walk with him, and to stay with him. So the recipients of the good news, they marveled, verse 18. They were amazed at this, at this news. And remember when, remember when you marvel at the gospel? It's a simple gospel. Like before I was a believer, I was reading the book of Matthew, you know, not even sure what was going on, what I was reading, but I was like, Lord, uh, someone told me this was truth, so I'm reading it, and I'm, I, I just was amazed over and over as I was reading the word of God. Maybe the first time you heard the word, you, you believed in it. You're just like, this is, this is it. But it's like, do we still marvel at the good news? Does God's miraculous grace still floor you? Does God's mercy still cause an awe in your heart? It's like, yes, we, we go through all kinds of seasons in life, and the weather patterns change frequently, right? It's like mobile in the summer. It changes to like, oh, it's sunny. Let's go to the pool. Rain, thunderstorm. Like, let's go home. <laughs> it, it changes. Seasons in life change often. Yet the one constant, our firm foundation does not, uh, does not waver, does not crack, does not crumble. Even going through awful circumstances, we can all relate to that. We can still be in awe of Jesus. And in this world, you know, many go through storms and they blame God. And, and, and they become bitter. Right? As believers, we can go through storms looking up instead of being down. You know, it's like life is difficult, whether you are an avid follower of God or you're an atheist. No matter what, we're in this fallen world that sings in a minor key, and it's difficult. But the difference is, we are in the palm of his hand, and we know he is in control, even when it does not feel like it. Even when we're looking around going, I have no clue, everything's up in the air. When we first moved here from uh, Southern California, that's what it was like. I was like, where am I getting a job? What am I going to do? I don't know, but God's called us here for sure. I know that for sure. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to get to work. I don't know how God's going to provide. 
And I've shared with you before, I, I try to do Uber. No one takes Uber. Everyone has their car, you know? <laughs> Even though they, they, they drive something barely working, but they're, they're driving. They're not taking Uber. Didn't work out. I was like, wow. I waited at the airport for four hours. No one called. And I'm like, this is a waste. So then I did this other thing where I went, sh it's called Shipped. And you, you shop for people. I hate shopping. I hate shopping. My <laughs> wife knows it. It's like the worst thing. It was like a nightmare. But I was trying to talk myself into it. Like, this is fine. This is fine. I make money. I'm going to provide it. It was horrible. But God opened the door. When I stopped striving and I just prayed and I sought the Lord, I'd be like, I don't know, Lord. That's when he provided. That's when he, and I still, after four and a half years, I still have that job that I'm, God's still providing for my family. We're still able to do ministry. But the thing is, God didn't abandon his sovereignty so you'd go through torturous trials. Like, he's still on the throne. <laughs> he's still in control. He always knows what he's doing. And then verse 19, Mary said little, right? But there was a lot going on in her heart. Ever happened to you? You say little, but like there's a lot, you know, <laughs> rattling around in there. And you're just like, this shows us a few things. Like some stuff is just between us and God, and that's okay. It's not like I'm being secretive with everything, but it's like, no, Lord's, Lord's speaking to me, but it's not confirmed yet, but I'm just praying about these things. Like this is a lot to take in. Like, she saw the, mirac the miraculous, uh, you know, miracles at one after the other after the other. And it's like, wow, it's a lot to take in. So she kept these things in her heart. And it also shows us that she didn't announce the birth of Jesus, but angels were sent to declare that message. And so Mary meditated on all the miracle, miraculous events that occurred in her life up to this point and, and pondering inwardly what was happening outwardly. That's a good thing to do, pondering what God is doing. It's not a bad thing. Like We pray on things throughout our lives, and when and if God wants them revealed, like he will make it clear to us. Whether he wants us to share, he will make it clear to us. And again, Mary hiding things um, from God in her heart shows that our connection with God is personal. You know, we, we do not have an impersonal, faraway, cold God. Right? And, and praise him for that. He wants to draw near to us as we draw near to him. And then verse 20, says, so now we see the shepherds were, were majorly affected by hearing the news, seeing Jesus. And so what they do? They glorified and they praised God. For what? All, a few things. All that they had heard. Right? The shepherds heard about Jesus. They praised him. They heard these angels, this host of angels. I'm sure they were all in tune. I'm sure it was like very, just an amazing worship session. It's like, wow, you know, it was so good. They heard the angels praising. And they glorified God for all that they had seen. I mean, the shepherds saw a whole host of angels praising God. So powerful. They glorified, they praised God. And as a result, worship results from hearing truth and seeing God's work. And it says, they glorified God for all that was told them because of the relaying of the good news. And I love this because the angel told the shepherds, and the shepherds gained confirmation, and they told everyone they could. Once you really know Jesus genuinely, and you're in love with the Lord and walking with him, and he reveals things to you, and he's just so real to you because he is the living God, you can't help but be like, I need to tell someone. I need to tell someone. Our priority is to relay the reality uh, of the good news. Pass the baton of truth, if you will, right? But the thread that weaves its way through this whole encounter, this whole thing, is worship. Like we have the privilege 
of worshiping God. On the mountaintop, mountaintops are great, you know, but they don't usually last that long. <laughs> Let's just be real. Usually on the mountaintop for a couple of days, you're like, and I'm back in the valley, right? <laughs> you're like, Lord, let me climb back up here. No, I'm going to carry you up there when it's the time. I'm teaching you some things down here. Okay, God. Because when you're on the mountaintop, you don't really have to trust God as much. You should, but it's like everything's going great. Everything's falling in line. I don't have any bills. I'm like carefree. It's all good. And that's where complacency can come in. It's like when we were back in uh, Calvary Chapel LAX, it was kind of like we were, I was, we were so comfortable that I feel like God spoke to me. Part of the reason, a small part, but part of the reason why God called us over here was I was like, I feel like if I stay here, Lord, I'm going to get complacent. You know, I'm a, a pastor full time. I'm, my family's taking care of it. all. Like from all appearances, it'd be like, why would you even leave? Why would you even do that? But God used that to be like, yeah, you need to go and learn to trust me even more. I'm like, okay. And let me tell you, and my wife can confirm this. There's instant confirmation right there that we have learned to trust God like never before. It's, it's the hardest thing like we've ever had to do in this life, but it's also the most blessed thing. And we're still learning to trust God through it all. And I love it, but we can't help but worship. So when you're on the mountaintop, I mean, you, you we're praising God. That's a good thing. Um, but the next day you could be in the valley. So just be prepared to learn lessons. That's where we learn lessons. It's through the storms that we often are refined, that we often see God clearly, right? We might not see circumstances clearly, but it's through the storms we're like, Lord, I'm going to cling to you for everything. On the mountaintop, I barely had to trust you, but now I need you. I, there's nothing else I can do. And that's actually a good place to be. And so, but the thread that weaves its way through this whole encounter was worship. Worship is a result of having truth, of, of hearing truth, I'm sorry. Worship is a result of hearing truth and seeing God work. God's never um, idle. God's always at work. Even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it, God is actually still working just as much as he did when he did that radical thing last month or last year or five years ago. He's still working just as much in, on your heart, in your life, in my heart, in my life. And we, I just feel like our response needs to just be worship. Like, as we're looking at this, it's just a worshipful, beautiful time where the shepherds, the, the, Jesus was revealed to them. They checked it out, and they're like, wow, let's tell people. We've got to let other people know. And they, their hearts were overflowing. And so that's why I want to spend a little bit more time at the end uh, in worship. And so we're going to pray. We can stand if you want, you guys. We're going to play a few more songs, um, change it up a little bit tonight, and worship uh, to close this out. Let me pray. Well, Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. We just thank you for even this encounter, Lord, that the shepherds had with the angels and with Jesus. And it's just a powerful moment, Lord. And... Um, we just pray even in those quiet moments, Lord, that you would work in our hearts. Lord, as you're speaking to us, as you're giving us promises, Lord, as you're um, clarifying things for us, Lord, may we hide those things in our heart, Lord. May we pray for confirmation, Lord, because you always come through. You're always faithful. You never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. Emmanuel, God with us. You are with us every step of the way. And we just thank you for that truth and that reality tonight, God. 
And we just pray as we continue to worship, Lord, that our hearts would just praise you and adore you, not just for what you've done, but for who you are. You're so good. In Jesus' name, amen.